The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. Tonight, you're listening to me, Maca 19, and, of course, Porsche. Hello, Macca. Yeah, look, I'm going pretty well. This is not this is not the most exciting batch of players we're talking about tonight, but you know, you never know. You never know what Port Adelaide's going to do. It's always interesting. Yeah, yeah, it isn't. But I think there's a couple that probably relate to Port Adelaide a little bit. There and, might be um, a couple, maybe one. It's, it, it's not a big group. The WA one. We're only doing the one episode on WA, but uh, I think that there's a fair bit of talent there. Yeah, although it does make me wonder how many times we would have only done one on South Australia, uh, given you know, if, we, if, if Port Adelaide wasn't a South Australian team. Like, I'm just sort of thinking, should, yeah. we, should we apply that policy for most SA draft years? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Possibly should. Mm-hmm. Look, yeah. no messing about straight into it tonight. Um, okay. There's not much else to really yeah. talk about. So we're talking about WA. Um, what did you think of this crop as a whole, I guess? Um, short and uncharacteristically short for WA. Normally, like one of the things I always liked about WA when comparing them to South Australia is that usually they're the, the the state that has a couple of genuine key position prospects and a couple of big midfielders. Um, mm. And this year, I don't think they really got that. Certainly not to the same quality they usually do. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it is a little bit uh, on the short side. There's a few midgets. Um, we've swapped, out there. We've swapped roles with uh, South Australia and WA, a complete, complete switch. Yes, pretty much. Mm. Yeah, look, it's, I thought it lacked a lot of depth this year. I think uh, the, the top sort of four or five prospects are really, really good. Um, and then it drops away dramatically from there. And there's not a lot of depth in this year's draft pool from WA. Probably the worst WA batch for a while, I would think. But having said that, they could easily have, you know, three or four draftees in the top sort of thirty or so. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it as the worst WA draft since two thousand and two, which I believe was the low point for them. Um, mm. Yeah. Is that when they only had two players drafted? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was yeah. the draft. Yeah. And one yeah. of, only one of them early. Yeah. Well, let's get straight into it and talk about the first players, Ian Hill. Um, who is the cousin of the uh, the Hill brothers uh, who play for Frio at the moment. Um, he's a 175-centimetre small forward-slash-midfielder who plays for Perth and WA. Uh, look, at the start of the season, he looked like being a top-five pick. I reckon he would have gone top five or six in last year's draft had he been uh, available because he had a stunning bottom-age year. Uh, he averaged 15 touches and a goal for WA, putting some really good performances at local level as well. Um, but he's probably failed to um, improve and, and develop this year. What are your thoughts on uh, on the third hill? Look, it's interesting. Um, and it's one of those things when you see a side sort of dip like WA has, um, when the smaller players do go quiet. Because we see a lot of that AFL level, you know. When we when we play shit, our smaller players tend to go a bit quiet. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder how much of that has affected Ian Hill, particularly given he's a link man, you know. Um, so mm. how much how much is on him and how much is on the team? And I think it's probably a reasonable amount of, on the team and maybe a bit on him as well. Um, but what he does, like when he when he actually does, has the ball, like what he does I think is still really, really good. And he has a really, for me, the thing I like seeing the most in him and in any junior player is the ability to just stop and then do the really accurate chip kick to a leading player. Like I love that. Yeah. He, he does it. There's very few juniors that do. They're very much more tending to, you know, run, go with the adrenaline and just sort of hoof it. But he yeah. he uh, does not do that. He plays like a senior player. He plays like an AFL player, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, and I, I, he's I really very enjoyed seeing that. He's very clever. But, yeah, and he's very deliberate, which I think is something yeah. hugely important in his role. And I think that there's no doubt he could play a link man role at AFL level, even given that he's only 175 centimetres and therefore on the Porsche bad list. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look, look, that's something that's come up a fair bit on Big Footy as well, is that a lot of people have sort of written a, or drawn a line through him and said, mm. well, we don't really need a 175-centimetre midfielder. How many of them actually become successful? And look, it, it is a fair point. Not many do, uh, especially outside guys. Um, so it, it is a fair question, but the thing I really like about 
Ian Hill. And look, there is a lot to like about him is that he does look like a genuine footballer. He's got all the athletic traits that you'd want in someone of his ilk. You know, he's super quick. He's got a lot of X factor. He can sort of zip in and out. Um, he can play outside mid. He can play as a small forward. I think he's got elite skills and he's got fantastic football IQ as well. That's what I really, really like about him is mm-hmm. what you just said. He's clever. He sees things unfolding. He's not not afraid to go for his kicks. And he's not just a bane on the boot sort of player, which, uh, as you said, so many guys of his ilk can be. They can just sort of run with it and then just bang it forward as hard as they can. Whereas he's a bit more clever and can spot up players um, with short little dinky kicks or, you know, he can kick long if he wants. You know, he can look inside. Uh, go for a bit of a run as well. So there is a lot to like about Ian Hill. Yeah, and look, it's definitely not that he can't kick long. It's just that he's kick, he he is tending towards kicking smart rather than kicking long, which is the important yeah. thing to do. It um, is. Yeah, and particularly in a WA side littered with the opposite. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Look, on raw talent, I think he's um, he's right up there oh, in yeah? this year's draft pool. I think he's... Um, He's in the top handful, I think, because he's got it all. It's just whether he can be successful at AFL level at his size. That's the big question. Here's a question for you. As a prospect, how far off do you think he is from petrescu seaton I don't think he's too far off. No. Um, I think he's a little bit... I think he's a little bit shorter. He's a good sort of six, seven centimetres shorter than what petrescu seaton was. I think so. From memory, you keep going. From memory, SPS was one eighty-one or one eighty-two. From memory, seating one eighty centimeters, so yeah, five centimeters. One eighty, yeah. Um, Plus, he was pure inside SPS. He didn't have a lot of outside to his game in his draft year. Whereas Hill's probably the opposite. He's full outside. Yeah. Much inside to his game, so he's going to rely on other players getting him the ball. I think. I agree um, with more that. often than not. Yeah. Um, whereas SPS could always win his own ball. Um, but look, that is that's the big question: is can he become successful at his size in that sort of role? Um, and look, we've seen it before. There's plenty of other players that have done that. Um, but it's just, yeah, you know, it, it is an issue, and I think it's going to stop him from getting drafted high up in the draft. Yeah. Look, I mean, I think that. You're probably right, and honestly, I think that if we were talking about him at Port Adelaide any earlier than pick 15, and even at pick 15, I'd be thinking, oh, gee, let's keep looking. Um, And it's not because I don't like Ian Hill, but because you're going to have to work to keep him in the game. But I think that of the clubs, I imagine Port would be maybe more interested than others, because he he does address exactly what we lack, you know. Mm. He does address that, that difficulty in sort of getting it forward and to a forward person that can kick a goal. You know, in a in a yeah. way that is securable, and you know, i.e., a mark. Um, I think that he's yeah. valuable there, and I think that if you add him to an established midfield, I think that there's no reason why he can't perform. Um, but I do see that you know, if your midfield's gone to shit, he's not the guy that's going to make it better. You know, no, like if, if, like if no, got, he's he's going to yeah. be reliant on others he is, throughout yeah. his career. I think. Yeah. Um, that's not to mean that I don't think he's going to be. I think he's going to become a very good AFL player. I think he's definitely got that in him. Um, I've been pretty high on him all year. I would love him at Port Adelaide. Um, yeah. If he's there at pick 15, I'd be, and we call his name out, I'd be more than happy with that. I wouldn't be dis- disappointed at all. Because uh, I think we need that sort of player as well. Someone outside who can deliver the ball inside 50 with a bit of X factor, some genuine pace, genuine skill, can kick goals. Yeah, we're screaming out for that sort of player now that Chad's gone and, and Polek's gone. Um, yes, he's small. I think he can work around that. Um, but the big question is, and look, Ben Blinkau's asked this question, so I'll, I'll ask. I'll put this one out there now. And um, Kautumi has said that Ian Hill has missed an invite to the draft night so far. So that suggests, uh, no, at the moment, no one's going to pick him in the first round. How far uh... do you see him sliding out of that sort of uh, top? 18 picks. I, I don't agree with that assessment of it. Um, for me, I think that like if I was if I was sending out invites for the Air Force draft, I would be sending them out to the players that have the least chance of dropping. Because there's nothing worse than seeing a player that gets talked up 
and then having cameras near him or on him when he drops down to third round, fourth round, fifth round. You know, like I remember when Dom Cassisi was on camera and just the, the, the sudden relief when he finally got drafted at our pick 50, whatever it was, you know, after being talked up as a possible first round player. And I think that's more than anything what you really want to avoid. You really want to avoid having a player invited that might not get drafted quite early or indeed on the first night now that they've split it up over multiple days. So I think yeah, it's just... But I what think, it suggests, I, if he hasn't been invited, he's well, not going to go. Because no, I'm pretty I, sure it's the clubs that determine who gets invited. Yeah, I don't know. Look, all it says to me is that there's a chance he'll drop out. There's a, there's a strong chance he'll drop out, but that doesn't mean he won't be a late first-round pick. I guess that's what I'm saying. I think he's in that next bracket of players. Hmm. Look, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that he's not going to get an invite still. There's still 20-odd days until the draft. So yeah. um, he could still get an invite, but I'm pretty sure it is the clubs that determine who gets invited. Um, so if he's not got an invite, then it would suggest that uh, clubs do not really see him as a first-round pick this year. Or that a majority of clubs don't. Uh, especially when there's other some other players, like Xavier Dersma has been invited, Luke Valenti has been invited. Um See, so that's a, mistake, it's a bit of a surprise. <laughs> well, it means that someone obviously thinks that they're first round talent. Well, they're um, foxing. Like if they're, if it genuinely is with the clubs, then they're probably foxing. Who knows? Yeah, but you're not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you're going to want to fox. I don't, I don't think the AFL are going to want teams to fox with who they're going to invite to uh, that doesn't draft night, considering it's it. televised, considering all this sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I'm do? not sure. Well, do? who knows? There's who knows? Nothing the AFL can do about that. I look. I think he's. I think he's top ten on talent alone, raw talent. I think with the other things and you know question marks over his size, that sort of thing. I think it might be fair to suggest that maybe teams see him outside the top fifteen to twenty. Um, I think if someone's going to get him in the twenties, they're going to get an absolute bargain. Yeah, I think that our pick our pick fifteen is probably about the earliest he could could slash should go. Um, mm. Yeah, and you know, like you say, probably second round. See, I would have thought Frio with fourteen would have been uh, would have been into him to play no, with his cousins. No, yeah, I don't think um, that's relevant. I think oh. Crows at thirteen might have a look. I think Richmond at seventeen, West Coast with twenty and twenty-two, maybe. I think the Dogs with twenty-seven is probably the lowest he should mm. go. Um, but this is uh, this has thrown me. This has thrown me a little bit. Okay, well. I think that probably will go to a, play, a club that has recognised that he does need a good midfield. So it'll be one of the stronger midfield clubs. Mm. Um, might be, a, I don't know, when's Melbourne's pick in that region? That's the sort of club that might be interested, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Mel- Melbourne could be a fit. I guess the other question that needs to be asked is, is he a big flight risk? Oh, look, what have... <laughs> I don't know. What do you mean? Larger than anyone else? Because how many people have we just seen trade clubs this year? Massive amount. Huge amount. Mm. And so, and how many Western Australians were there? I don't think there was one, was there? Uh, <laughs> oh, maybe. Hogan. 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 Don't know. Hogan, Hogan was the only one. Yeah. I think all the rest were Victorian or South Australian from memory. So, uh, you know, I don't think... I don't know. I, I don't see it as any bigger risk of flight risk than any other player at this point. It's getting pretty wacky out there. So uh, I, I, I think with uh, I think with with two cousins already on the same AFL list, I think clubs will be asking the question: Do you want to be playing, you know, with your cousins? What's the likelihood of you staying in, you know, the Gold Coast <laughs> for ten years? Uh, you know, two three years down the track, are you going to want to play with Brad Hill, sort of thing? You know, I think that's a, Look, a legitimate course. I think it might be legitimate for some AFL. Club. It might be legitimate for Gold Coast, but that's because they've got a retention problem. Um, I don't think. Well, it's... So do we at the moment? So <laughs> do we? Do we? <laughs> well, we've just traded out like fifteen players in the last two years. Didn't so I'd Wingard say we say definitely have a. Didn't he uh... say Wingard say he want, didn't want to go? Didn't Trengo say he didn't want to go? Didn't all these guys? Pretty much most of these guys either still, not have still left. It, Either not have Still opportunities went. or didn't want to go. Still win. I feel pushed out the door. You leave, Macca. <laughs> That's Still how it well, works. Chatty had a contract. He didn't have to leave. So, so what? Uh, if you pushed out the door, you If leave. you're leaving, you're leaving at the end of the day. You don't hang around somewhere that doesn't want you, even if you're under contract. Have you? I mean, mm. I've, have you seen it in the workplace? I've seen it in the workplace. It's bloody awful for everyone involved if someone hangs around... Just because they're like, if someone hangs around when they're not wanted anymore, but they're still employed yeah. and it's a pain to, has- to sack them, 
it's just terrible for everyone because the management will yeah. not go on, but they no want to keep throwing in their on. money. <laughs> they want to keep getting the money, particularly if something happens to older employees. It's awful. Who'd want to be yeah. that? Who'd choose that? No one would choose that. You, and particularly yeah. when the option is not, Take you know, going... Take your watch and go yeah. home. If the option is either going to obscurity and going, oh, gee, have we got enough money for retirement? Or, you know, in, in this case, it's actually completely different. It's go to a recent premiership team under Alistair Clarkson and maybe jag another premiership. Like, it's not exactly the same thing he's being asked to do. It's like, do you want to stay at Port and go on the shit show or do you want to go to Hawthorne? Like, and you're being pushed out the door? That's a pretty easy choice, really, isn't it? Well, you can see it that way if you like, but at the end of the day, we've had a, a lot of players leave in the last two years, some that we definitely wanted to keep as well. Um, so at the end of the day, I think I think asking the question of Ian Hill, what his uh, prospect, is he a flight risk, I think is a legitimate question to ask. I, don't, I think you should ask that about every single draftee then, quite frankly. Well, no doubt they do get ask that. Yeah, so then why are we only talking about Ian Hill? <laughs> because it's the first player on the list. <laughs> we haven't got around to any others yet. Uh-huh. Anyway, let's move on. Enough about Ian Hill. Let's talk about uh, someone who's fairly similar, and that's uh, Sydney Stack. Oh, no, he's not. Who's uh, a likely alliteration in his name. Um, 179 centimetre. Uh, again, small forward slash midfielder. Uh, also plays at Perth. Um, he's also someone that had a pretty strong bottom age championships and played a lot of good footy last year. He's a 17 year old. He came back this year, um, missed the first uh, game for WA uh, for improper training standards. Okay. Uh, played the last three matches, averaged 21 disposals and five clearances, got named All Australian. Um, played at all three levels for Perth this year, averaged 23 disposals and seven tackles a game at Colts level. Um, and yeah. I'm a big fan of Sydney Stack. I'm not. What are your thoughts? Um, the first thing I'll say is that anyone that watches him play, everything he does is ugly. Like, it's just the ugliest you football you'll ever see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, it's a bit harsh. He, oh, no, I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm just saying it's ugly. Like, even when it's something good, it's just the ugliest, you know, hardest one disposal he gets. Um, like, you see him mm. getting caught, and he, try, he, he, he can't even really, you know create separation with the don't argue against people that are his, you know, his peers in age. Like, he tries it and he can sort of do something, but then he sort of maybe gets half a kick away off the tip of his boot. Um, I don't think his disposal quality is good enough when he is actually playing outside. I think it's just okay. Um, mm. But for an outside player, you want it to be, you know, bang on. And in close, I don't know that he's got enough there to cope with AFL bodies. Uh, he's good at reading the play fine, but I'm just not convinced with his execution. Um, and he just plays like a, a rugby convert. Yeah, like he, he plays like... He's, there is a bit he, of that about him. He yeah. plays like he's going to run into a tackle and palm the ball off and there'll be, you know, 10 blokes behind him ready to pick it up and keep running. It's like, no, that's not how this works. We don't, we don't have offside in AFL. You've got to actually do something. And then Pau Pepper something. plays almost exactly the same way. He's almost like a mini Sam, I reckon. Who uh, does, Sydney sorry? Sam Pau Pepper, he plays exactly the same way. Yeah, rate. he probably does. But he, he, but Sam Pau Pepper, I don't know, he get, he, he can make a don't argue Except work. Except he's 10 he, centimetres uh, taller bigger. and exactly. 30 kilos heavier. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the issue. That's Look, the issue I, I, quite like, I quite like Sydney Stack. I don't think he's the full package. I think, no, um, But there are a couple of standout parts to his game. I really I like his skill level. I think he's good at both sides of his body. Um, I think he's a little bit safer on his right-hand side. Mm. Um, I really like his handballs. I think he's one of the most elite handballers in this um, in this year's draft crop. Um, I love what he can do at stoppages. His ability to read the play is phenomenal. Um, but oh, th- there are probably parts that do let him down. Um, Definitely. Which, uh, what are your thoughts on what lets him down? Or do you just think just what think- he does, it's it just too hard to come off? Sort of yeah, well, what he does, I just have no faith he can replicate at AFL level. Um, mm. I think that he's, I think he's working hard to get the results he does. Um, yeah, and he's doing well at the level he's at. But next level, like you know, they won't all be the same age <laughs> for a start. Yeah, he'll, he'll be up against you know guys that have had years in the system and playing it, playing kind of inside. But when he's inside, he can't really get away. And outside, he, he's not. I mean, he's not Ian Hill as far as disposal goes. That's for sure. Um, no, <laughs> so. I just don't see it. Like I, I think he's probably third round at best, really. And mm. that's only because he works so hard um, and he's managing to succeed at the Colts level pretty much. But 
Yeah. Beyond that, I don't see it. Yeah, I think he's prone to being tackled. And yep, uh, not just tackled, but taken to ground, I yep. think is something that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just needs to dispose of the ball quicker when he's playing through the midfield, I think. He yeah. sort of works through his options, takes a little bit too long, and um, and I think uh, he can get in a little bit of trouble by doing that. Um, despite that, I really like his potential. I've got him 18th on my list. Oh. Um, just because I think there is huge potential there if it all comes together and clicks. He could be an absolute star. I think the likelihood of that happening is uh, is below average. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to happen. Um, at this point, going by something that Cal Toomey said on his podcast, I think there's a big doubt whether he actually gets drafted at all. I wouldn't be stunned. Um mm. Yeah, I mean, if he's getting accused of improper training, like that's well, shit, guy. You know, the end, the one thing I'm talking about that is good about you is your hard work on the field. So if you're not turning hard work mm. off the field, like there's another. <laughs> well, he made he made a comment that suggests there's some off-field issues there with uh, with Sydney. Oh, and um, look, if if it would if that's true, it would be a, it would certainly be a shame because mm. I think he definitely deserves to be drafted. I think he's good enough to be on an AFL list. Um, and look, it may just mean that he doesn't get drafted in the national draft, and he would certainly go in the in the top ten in the rookie draft at least. But um, yeah, as I said, on on talent, I've got him pretty high up the order. Um, but the likelihood of it all coming together for him, I think, is uh, is waning a little bit. Yeah, I don't like him. Um, I mm. don't want him at Port. Um, Fair enough. Uh, and just going back to our, our fervent discussion previously, uh, Micah on Spreaker Chat has said, Khan Macca, if you know you're not wanted, you can't stay even if you want to. So there we go. I've, mm. got, a, I've got someone agreeing with me on the, the Wingard thing. There you go. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, right, moving on. Luke English is the yeah. next player we're going to talk about, who's uh, another small midfielder, 180 centimetres right foot kick, uh, inside-outside mid. Um, he's been on the radar for a couple of years as well. Um, had a huge year at Colts level last year as a bottom major. He won the uh, Jack Clark Medal, uh, which is the uh, the best and fairest in the in the Waffle Colts. Um, won that as a 17 year old. Averaged 25 disposals and uh, and five and a half tackles a game. Uh, but he was pretty impressive at the championships in terms of his consistency and his ability to win the ball. He averaged uh, 23 touches and five and a half tackles a game. Was in the top four ball winners at the championships, and um, was WA's best player in the thrashing um, at the hands of SA. He picked up 25 touches and also got 25 touches in the final game against the Allies as well. Um, what are your thoughts on Luke English? I think his touches don't matter. I think that if you mm. want a summary, that's the summary. His touches don't matter. He's one of those midfielders. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think his disposal is particularly damaging. I think that you'll see a situation, we were just talking about you know, someone like Ian Hill coming out of physical pressure. Um, he's good at getting away in an intelligent way, whereas Luke English just sort of gives it away to whoever's nearby. Um, and he can see, like, you can see he knows he can't win a contest, and so he gives it away before it starts, um, mm. like a physical contest. Uh, and, you know, that's okay at, at sometimes, but I just don't think there's enough there to, to counteract that. I, I just don't think there's enough that is actually damaging about his play. I just don't think there's enough that's AFL about his play, honestly. Yeah, look, the things I like about him is that he is a natural ball magnet. He, he's a he's a goer. He's a tryer. Um, he, he can win his own ball. He can get it on the outside as well. Um, he's relatively safe with the ball. He doesn't really make a lot of mistakes, but he's not. he doesn't sort of go for his kicks or disposals all that much either. Um, I think he's sort of what you see is what you get. Um, that's about it, really. He's yeah. very vanilla. Um, he's vanilla in terms of, of size. He's vanilla in terms of what he does with the ball. Uh, he's just one of those sort of bog-standard accumulators that um, sometimes they get drafted and uh, become okay sort of you know, 50 to 100 game AFL players. And sometimes they don't. Like... Um, he kind of reminds me of someone that we spoke about a couple of years ago, Luke Bunker from Vic oh, Metro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. He's, uh, he reminds me a lot of him in that okay. gets a lot of the ball, but you know, do you really recognise much of what he does at the end of the game? Do you, you don't really sit back and go, gee, Luke English, he played a bloody great game and 
you know, that, that bit of play that he did there and this is yeah. what happened and Gee, yeah, there's, there's none there. of that. It's just like, oh, Lip English got 28 touches. Oh, okay. It's yeah. just sort of like that. But. Yeah, I, I, I don't rate it. Um, there's just nothing inspiring about his, his football and honestly, I don't, think, I don't think he'll get drafted and I think in a year if WA had the usual big midfielders they had, I don't think he'd get a game for them either. Mm. I think he'll probably get drafted somewhere, probably rookie list. I think someone will give him a crack just to, nah. just because he does go in and get his own bowl and someone will want someone that they think might be able to turn into someone that can play. But uh, so I, I wouldn't say I'll, I'll be shocked if he doesn't get drafted, but I, I think it'll come pretty late. For what it's worth, I did. I went through because Mecca sent me the list of people we're going to talk about next week. And I worked out how many of the players were 184 centimetres or shorter, and it's like 40%. Mm. So four out of ten players that we're going to talk about are 184 centimetres or shorter, which makes them a small midfielder, small forwards. Yep. Um, and so Luke English, like, he's just another one. He's just another one in that, in that huge category. Um, yeah. <laughs> absolutely enormous category. Uh, so I, I'm not convinced that he is, compared to some of the other people we're going to talk about, I'm just not convinced he shows anywhere near enough to really bother drafting. Mm. I've got him 66 on my list. Um, late rookie, I think, is, uh, is where he sort of fits. Uh, next player. Mm. Next player is Jordan Clark, who's okay. um, kind of the opposite to Luke English in that he's, yeah. uh, he's highly rated, <laughs> and his name's not Luke English. Um, he's 182 centimetres. He's a right foot kick. He plays as a back flanker and plays an outside midfielder as well. Uh, he was a star all year. In 2018, he uh, impressed at each level of footy that he played. Played five league games at the end of the season um, for Claremont and uh, and played some fantastic finals form at league level, which is great for him. He also made All-Australian at the Champs, averaged uh, 20 touches and five rebound 50s a game. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jordan Clark? I think he's, I'm, I, have, I have potentially controversial thoughts on Jordan Clark. Um I think I've talked about his good things so, so far. He's a good long kick. I think he maybe goes long mm-hmm. a bit too often, given it's always a low percentage play. I don't think he's yep. he's, he's not God, but I think he just goes long too often. Uh, he's great at reading a play when it's coming into defence. Like he's really good at getting at the fall of the ball, so that's fantastic. And he's got good hands too. Yeah. Um, I would like to see more precision with his disposal for a guy that in his backline he's a dedicated play creator. It doesn't I don't think he does a lot defensively really. I think he's an intercept mark, which you know it's okay. There's room for that. We've got them. Um, yeah. But I just don't think he's a defender. I, I think I think I feel no. I feel like he's a player that WA have put in defence to protect him from being crunched because he is a smaller player and a lighter player, uh, and he's playing in defence and getting the opportunity to really look like a star, so he'll get drafted. <laughs> um, but I'm not convinced yeah. that. I, I look. That's that's my that's how it feels to me. That's how it feels to me. Um, and yeah, I, I think that his traits are midfielder traits. Uh, and here's a, f- a fascinating comment from JB on Spreaker Chat. Uh, plays like Hammer, apparently, according to Kel Toomey, which is like, yeah. yeah I plays don't like know, who? Uh, Hammer, Hamish Hartlett. Oh, okay. And I don't think he uh... plays like Hamish Hartlett, but I feel the same way about it in that I don't, like, for the longest, until the basically start of this very season, I don't like Hamish Hartlett in defence. I'd rather have him in midfield because in defence I never thought he did enough. This year he finally did. How many years did that take? <laughs> yeah. I don't think he plays like Hamish Hartlett at all, to no, be honest. No, I think no. uh, he was... plays like anyone. It's sort of early Jasper Pittard without the brain fade. Yeah, yeah. Um, but still with the propensity to kick along. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. I, I, I think he not doesn't play like it, but it's an interesting controversy similarity for me in that I feel like he's definitely not a defender um, in my no. mind. Uh, oh, I, I, t- yeah. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I think he would start as a back flanker, but he has played pretty much as a loose defender um, all yeah, year. I think see, but... he's he's not like defensively he he could and and needs to improve. He's not great one on one, and I feel like once he gets into an AFL system, um, teams are just going to try and exploit that. They'll, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll push him back, try and get him into the goal square and. Uh, get his opponents beat him one on one, which is which is likely to happen. I think if um, you know teams aren't going to allow him just to run around loose because that doesn't really happen anymore. No. Um, what he does do well is zone off, and if he yeah. can yep. learn to play a bit more defensively, 
even just adequately and um, and learn to when to zone off and do that sort of thing, then I can definitely see him impacting the play as a, that sort of third man up uh, and running defender. I think he can definitely have a future. But for me, he just looks like an outside midfielder. He's, He's the sort of player that you want on a wing. Um, that you that you want sort of receiving the ball and just taking off because he's got good skills, he's got good pace, uh, he takes risks, uh, he's not afraid to take a backward step, he loves to take the game on, and that's the things that I really like about his game, and I think it would suit him better if he's doing that on a wing and kicking inside fifty, as opposed to doing that in the defensive fifty and kicking it up to the wing. Well, not only that, but talking in the era of the press, like he's the guy that. Um... You know, when your half forwards manage to cause the defence to sort of kick to bomb it out of defence, like he is that guy that you want on the wing because he'll read that play and he'll get at the ball at the fall of the ball. Like, you know, he's got that counter that counter attacking aspect of the midfield of the wingman down, uh, and it mm. works on the wing. I don't, I'm not convinced it works at all in defence. Realistically, if uh, once a team decides, yeah, we're going to shut this guy down, like he'll be out of it. So I think he has to be a wingman, and if he's not a wingman. I definitely don't want him at Port Adelaide. Um, yeah. <laughs> if he's not playing on the wing, no thanks. Um, but as a wingman, I think there's definitely a place for him. Um, and who knows, if he gets you know more resilient to physical pressure, maybe there's a role for him as more of an inside-outside, but probably just he'll be purely outside his through his or career. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's probably a Terry Wallace player. <laughs> oh, well, this is an interesting uh, question or comment on uh, okay. from It Just Is. Yep. Uh, on big footy and that's uh, he's keen to hear our thoughts on Jordan Clark he says to me he looks like a higher production Darcy Byrne Jones no. and the most Jeff Parker pick of anyone in this draft I'm not convinced of that I think he's definitely the sort of guy that Terry Wallace would draft the first round pick though I think there's no doubt about that um, but I, I tend to agree with it just is I think he is a bit of a Parker pick and mm. um, look he is going to go pretty high up uh, he's definitely going to be a first rounder. Uh, Adelaide are apparently red hot on him. Oh, please. Um, so whether that's with pick eight or pick thirteen, who knows yet? But uh, I, I would not be. Um, it, w- it would not surprise me at all if we pick him up with ten or fifteen. I really don't want us to at all. And particularly, I don't want us to, given we just drafted a bunch of small defenders last year. <laughs> we did. We, we did. did. And we talked um, about a couple of them being wingmen, didn't we? So, you know. Potentially, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, but, you know, I, as I said, I tend to agree. I think he definitely looks like a bit of a Parker pick. Mm, and um, if not. we read his name out at 10 or 15, it's not not going to be a surprise for me. <clears throat> Whether we want him is another question or not. Can I just say also, I just want to go on record here and say that if we come out of this draft with picks 5, 10 and 15 and every player we draft is a small forward or midfielder, my brain is going to explode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to... I'm going to I know we've been joking about it, but I'm seriously going to lose my shit if you use really excellent picks on the most common player type in the draft, in any draft. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to lose my shit. One oh, is probably my maximum. Uh, any yeah. any more than one small midfielder forward, and no, you are taking the fucking piss. Well, if we get Rankin, Clark, and Hill, that's oh. the uh, that's the that's the full house. Shoot me now. <laughs> <laughs> Look again. I think Frio at fourteen will be interested. Um, I think, as I said, Port with ten or fifteen will look at him. GWS at nine and eleven will look at him. Um, and I can't see him falling past West Coast at twenty at the latest. I think that's the floor. Okay. Where he goes, not. But he's a, he's an interesting uh, he's an interesting prospect. Yeah, yeah, he's certainly interesting. There's no doubt. Mm. Uh, next player we're going to talk about is uh, a similar type, I guess, and that's Jason Carter. Okay. Who uh, is a 185 centimeter left footer from Peel Thunder? He's part of Frio's Next Generation Academy, so they've got first dibs on him. Uh, he played 12 games at Colts level for Peel this year, averaged 16 touches a game, played three matches at the Champs. Um, bit of mixed form, averaged 12 disposals a game. Probably didn't live up to expectations, his championships form. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jason Carter? Um, as soon as I found out he was free next gen, I just thought, ugh, um, he's probably going to be freebie for them because I don't think he'll go real early. But I think he's got enough there. He's probably worth a punt for them. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's just okay. He's it, but he did kill it at draft combine. Like he was sort of second in the twenty meter sprint, fourth in the standing vertical. 
Um, you know, yeah. that and the fact that he played okay at championships and obviously had an okay season. Yeah, Freo will pick him. or so, it, They might not even get a, have to account a bit. It might just be an add to the end of the list thing. Um, you know, yeah. Look, he's a bit of a freak, Jason Carter. Athletically, he is mm. the package. He's got everything. He is lightning quick. Um, he's got great agility. He takes the game on. He's got a huge natural leap. Um, he plays very similar to that sort of um, Jason Johannesson from the dog sort of player okay. in that he just gets the ball, takes off, and um, and tries to create. Um, when he gets the ball, he's pretty decent as well. He's He's got good skills. He takes the game yeah. on. He's got a left foot, can kick long inside 50, can kick goals. Um, there's a good highlight from his bottom age year where he took about six bounces and uh, and kicked a goal from 50 against South Australia, um, which was great. Um, but he just doesn't do it enough. He just doesn't get the ball. That's the problem. Is that he just, you know, he just doesn't seem to be into the game no. um, all that much. Um, and, and that's the that's the huge problem is his consistency because he's got none at all. No, um, and. You know, kind of like I just said, like you know, whatever pick he gets picked at, Freo can match it pretty easily. So I, I, let's move on. <laughs> There's not even much to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't really see a bid coming uh, for him in the national draft. I think um, if he had a bit of a better year, then then it might have happened. But at this point in time, I think he's just going to be a freebie. And whether he, I think he's got the potential to have a a good AFL career if he can uh, work out his consistency and actually finding the ball. That's the thing. Uh, so I think Frio will probably put him on the rookie list and give him every chance because guys who are that athletic with that sort of pace and, and agility don't come though. around heaps often. You take no. the punt. Absolutely, you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, next player is uh, something a bit different, a key position player. Wow, we've got one. We haven't talked about them yet. Um, Dylan O'Reilly. Oh, you're in the Ruckman. The son... <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's the son of Stephen O'Reilly, who um, played for Frio, played for Geelong, played for Carlton, blew the lid on Carlton's uh, um, brown paper bag thing and um, yeah. pretty much ruined their club. What a basically. champion. What a, what a champion player. So thank you, Stephen. <laughs> and um, I really hope Dylan gets drafted by Carlton. There needs to be some sort of special membership category for him in the AFL, like, you know, life member of the Carlton Club, you know, whatever else. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but look, he's a 194-centimetre key forward, second ruck, can yeah. play key defender as well. Um, he's pretty mobile. He can play at either end of the ground. He can chop out in the ruck. He had a pretty... Um, I thought he had a pretty exciting championships because he, he showed a lot of promise. Yeah, look, I think he's okay. You say he's mobile, but I'm not sure that his leg speed's really amazing. I think it's just that he's got good endurance, which is important for Ruckman anyway. That's fine. Or, sorry, a key forward, I should say. I keep yeah. saying Ruckman because you see him in Ruck, and I just thought of, that stuck in my mind. Like, yeah, in a team of midfields, a key position player is a Ruckman, isn't that? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's quick, but I <laughs> no, think he's got he really around. top-notch agility. And to go okay. with, that's, with his running power, yeah. his sort of endurance base, I think... It makes him look a little bit quicker than what he actually is. Yeah. Um, which isn't a problem. Um, and it, look, at the end of the day, you know, whether you're quick or not, it all comes down to sort of um, whether you're quick in a game sense, doesn't it? And I think he is quick in a game sense. Yeah. Uh, and... I think he shows good strength. I think he can play a multitude of roles. I think he's a really good contested mark. I think he's a really good kick for goal. Uh, I think he's a bit of a player. Yeah, and look, I mean, he's got one thing going for him that Hugo Mann doesn't, which is he actually did kick a few bags at Colts level. So that's that's good to see yeah. a, a key forward that can kick multiple goals on a you know semi regular basis. Um, and he's so, not just someone that stands in the one spot, puts his hands up, and hopes to mark the ball like Hugo Mann. He can actually lead <laughs> yeah, I was, I was and say that uh, like and can actually take criticism. a mark on the lead and kick a goal yeah, like that. He can, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's probably got a bit more versatility than Mann, but mm. I, don't know, I don't know that Mann. <laughs> Look, Munn's a work in progress. I think O'Reilly's a little bit further ahead of him at the moment. I got him 34 on my rankings list. I think he's um, mm, he'd be okay. a good get as a second rounder uh, for a team. I think in a draft where we're talking about key forwards and then we usually seem to be talking about them as like top 10, um, I think mm. that he's certainly in that 
tier that might go in the, that draft pick range, but mostly because I think there's not a lot of tall forwards in this draft. Yeah. Um, or indeed, tall backmen that are really worth anything either. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, I like him. I think um, okay. there's a fair bit of natural talent there. And look, even if he makes it as a key defender, I don't think that's out of the question either. So, um, yeah, he's, he's one to watch, I think, for the future. I like him. Yeah, yeah, and it is amusing to find that um, his dad only played 98 games for Fremantle, so therefore he's not a father-son. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I forgot about that. He fell agonisingly short, um, which well, is uh, devastating for all involved. That's but it opens up there. the opportunity for him to end up at Carlton, which would just be funny. So <laughs> That would be hilarious. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Imagine Stephen O'Reilly going back to Carlton to support his kid. <laughs> oh, love it. Yeah. Uh, love it. Awkward. Oh, just imagine if they paid him under the table as well. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, oh. okay. <laughs> right, moving on. Next player we're going to talk about is Luke Foley. He's, yeah. a, uh, he's a top eight player. So like he came him. back this year. He's a 19-year-old. He's 189 centimetres, um, plays at Subiaco. Uh, mm, so he might really? have a bit of an asterisk. Subiaco. 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 Isn't that where yep. Jared Schofield um, coached Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he might be up. one that uh, has a bit of an asterisk next week, though. Although I think that he'll likely be gone by the time we get rookie picks. Um, but look, he's, uh, he's someone that had a, a pretty good championships. He's pretty highly rated. He had a really good, uh, had some really good form at waffle level. Um, in the Colts, he averaged 25 touches and a goal a game. Um, he's an inside midfielder. Uh, can play on the outside. He's got pretty def- decent athleticism as well. Um, but he just knows how to find the ball. Yeah, look, I, I like Luke Foley. I think that he's got a lot going for him. Um, he's an overage player, so you do have to keep that in mind. Um, and that's probably yeah. why we're not talking about him as a first-round pick. Um, no. <clears throat> but he, look, I, I think that he could play midfield. I think he could play halfback, honestly. I think he's got a lot mm. of the traits I would like to see in a halfback, which is that he's got a precision kick, he's a thoughtful player, and he's just got that. He's just got a little bit of class. Uh, and I don't think there's any huge deficiencies to his game that um, would make him a liability uh, to go back a bit. So, yeah, um, yeah and, and, you know, he's a good height. Um, I think that he could play, be a defender at AFL level. Um, halfback flanker. So, you know, as a team that has lost a halfback flanker that is unreliable, it would be nice to get a reliable one. Um, and, and if we do somehow get a pick in this draft, it is possible we might pick him. Uh, and I wouldn't hate that. Yeah, I don't mind him. Look, he can be a little bit vanilla, but um, he's a bit better than sort of Luke English vanilla. He's more oh, like yeah. French vanilla. Oh. Yeah, yeah. With uh, with honeycomb pieces or something like that. Exactly. You know? yeah. There's a there's a bit there's a bit more to it. There's a bit more going on there. Yeah, um, you know. I like I like what he's. I can see him becoming a bit bit of a uh, bit of a tagger or defensive midfielder at okay. AFL level because yeah. I think he he's got really good defensive instincts at stoppages. I think he he's a really hard tackler. He knows how to sort of stick to an opponent, um, and he's got a really good endurance base. He's a super hard runner. Can run all day. He's got good natural speed off the mark as well. I can certainly see him becoming some form of tagger or defensive player at AFL level. He's certainly, for me, he's a guy that you'd like to say, "Hey, Michael Wilson, could you please teach him everything you know?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, that's probably a pretty fair comparison. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I'd always, I'd always, I'd always draft a Michael Wilson. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, who wouldn't? Yeah, definitely. He's gone. Gone. Gun. It was a gun. Yes. Gun. That's it. Gun. Um, where do I see him fitting? Probably, I don't know, sort of second round onwards, I think, yeah. sort of 25-ish to 50, I think, is his sort of level. I think for a, for someone that's um, that's an overager, I think he's had a really good year and he shows a lot of promise. This is the interesting thing about having those future um, draft picks uh, on draft days that we all think it's about first round movements, but it doesn't have to be. Like it could be that if we see that Luke Foley's still around at like pick thirty two or something, and we think, oh, that's he should have gone by now. We mm. can do a deal with those future fourth rounders with the club, you know, and get him get him back into this year's draft if we want to. Like it's yep. but, we, but if we don't have if he's not there or something happens, then we don't have to do it. 
it's really good for those sorts of picks later in the draft when when um, popular opinions really diverge. Uh, mm. You know, obviously all the clubs have views on Nicosius, but do all of them have a view on Luke Foley? Probably not. Um, yeah. Do they all rate him the same? Definitely not. So uh, yeah, all you do is find the one that thinks he's shit. Talk to them about future fourth yeah. rounders, and then suddenly he's a Port Adelaide player. So that's going to be interesting on day two of the draft for sure. If we do something, yeah, like that. no doubt, yeah. no doubt. Um, right, next player is Jared Cameron, who's the brother of uh, Charlie Cameron. He's a very similar player. He's a 180 centimeter small forward slash wingman. Um, plays at Swan Districts, and he's part of West Coast Next Generation Academy. Boo! Boo. Mm. Uh, pretty exciting player. Uh, this one, as I said, he's he's very similar to his brother. He's got great speed, great goal sense, you know, just just full of X factor. Um, knows how to get the ball inside fifty and just knows how to kick a goal. Uh, but again, consistency is probably his issue. Yeah, look, I like him. He's got all the traits. He looks like a player that will play really well on a big ground, which is frustrating because he's a West Coast next generation, so he'll get that opportunity. Mm. Um, he's got good goal sense, good accuracy. He can take good marks. Your consistency's down, but for forwards, it always is up and down a bit, uh, I guess particularly at junior level. But, yeah, no, I think there's certainly enough there for them to draft him. And I think, I don't know where he goes in the draft, maybe early third, late second. Yeah, it's, it's hard to work out where a bid might come for him, and even if West Coast might even match it. I mean, they've got a lot of similar oh. players. Oh, really? Well, they've got Rioli, they've got Ryan. Like, how many yeah. how many yeah. short, small midfielders, uh, small forwards do you need? Um, <laughs> I don't know, they did just win a premiership based on them, I guess, so... <laughs> well, well, maybe, but... Uh, yeah, well, maybe, but uh, who knows? Who knows? I think a bid's likely to come around that sort of uh, third round mark, maybe late second. Okay. Um, I, I do think they probably will yeah. uh, match the bid, and he will become a, a West Coast player. Um, but look, he's an exciting player, and anyone that watched that game against Big Country where he kicked five goals, he was just absolute lightning. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, no, he's right in there. Um, and I, I think it'd be it's very genuinely surprising if West Coast didn't match, honestly. Yeah. Um, the only case where they might not match is if, like, Brisbane made the bid. Um, I don't know. Like, if Brisbane make the bid and then West Coast say, no, nah, we're taking him, does that become, like, a, a, a future... A thing. Yeah, a future mm. thing, given Charlie Cameron... Mm. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting one. It is an in- interesting one. Yeah, like that's probably the um, only club, though, that they might have doubts. But otherwise, yeah, mm. yeah. As I said, it's just consistency is his issue. He just needs to um, find a way to do what he does a bit more often. Um, he's probably further advanced as, as what Charlie was. Charlie was a, a lot more inconsistent and was nowhere near um, the player that um, that his brother is at the moment. Um, but Charlie's obviously... Um, skyrocketed since then and I guess we'll have to wait and see if, uh, if Jared does similar yes indeed mm. Mm. last player we're going to talk about in detail is Damon Greaves who's a uh, another back flanker 186 centimetre uh, player ranger. from East Perth ranger huge ranger yes oh. massive ranger absolutely deep ranger yep it's, it's rare to get a ranger that deep <laughs> backwards ranger backwards ranger that's it well he is a defender so there you go <laughs> um, he's 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 a uh, as I said, he's a back flanker. He's a pretty smooth mover. He can play as a two way player. He's good at getting the ball and uh, and can take off with it. But he's got good defensive instincts as, as well. So that's one thing he's got over Jordan Clark. But he's nowhere near the attacking right. threat as what Jordan Clark is. No, look honestly, if you want to look at stuff about Damon Greaves online, you can't find much. If you want to watch the games and look for Damon Greaves, it's like you don't see much at all. You might see mm. a little burst of red occasionally. And go, oh yeah, oh that guy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, There's Willem Drew again. Oh no, that's not Willem. <laughs> no, well, you see, yeah. the thing about Willem Drew is he did some things that were really quite obvious. But the problem with being a you know accountable defender that's not really doesn't doesn't really do much else is footage is always kind of disappointing. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's he's exactly the sort of player is that is the reason why scouts actually physically go to games. <laughs> Um, yes, <laughs> because that's 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 where you'll see him doing all the right things or the wrong things. Um, yeah, uh, and you just will never see it on a game that follows the ball because a lot of what he needs to do right is off the ball. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I think he's a he's an absolutely solid player with no outstanding 
traits to his game at all. Mm. Um, but he's the sort of player that I could see playing 150 games of AFL football at a could be. generally okay standard. Yeah, yeah, he could do. Sort of thing. Hard to um, know. Yeah, I, I see him sort of going as a rookie pick. I don't think he'll get drafted in the main draft, but um, as a rookie pick, he might be a bit of value there. Yeah, look, I mean, that's probably where he might go. Um, usually gossip on the internet. Like I said, I, I looked through Google and there was just very little about him. Um, there's not much hype for him. If there's not much hype, that usually was the opposite of smoke there's fire like if there's no smoke there's probably not much of a flame um, so yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd think probably rookie if he was going to go much higher surely there'd be enough gossip at a club by now yeah yes and that's it about Damon Greaves and that's it about WA there's, hey. there's a few more players that I want to bring up because um, there's quite a lot of players that <laughs> it's just sort of how it's happened with WA this year there's not been a lot of standouts but there's quite a few players which are almost there, or who were highly rated before and just didn't just didn't happen this year. So, in summary, not much. We a lot of chaff. Yeah. Uh, Joe Hinder's one of them. He had a really good bottom age year last year, uh, but hasn't really improved a lot. Uh, he's a 177 centimetre small defender, so another midget uh, can play up forward as well. Um, has done that with some success. Uh, as I said, he went into the season fairly highly rated, but uh, has just sort of fallen off a cliff a little bit. Sorry, I was answering a question on Spreaker Chat and I missed what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfectly fine. Next one is Riley Morgan, okay. who's a 182 centimetre midfielder. We talk about vanilla, and this guy is peak vanilla. He's yeah. just uh, okay you, at everything. Do you want to know the, the notes I put down? Meh. Yep. That was it. Meh. Meh. He is a bit meh. He's someone that I sort of, uh, I, I had as sort of uh, going into a bit more detail as part of the main group, but then I thought, oh, no, just no, just meh. He's he is peak vanilla. This guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's no standouts, but look, he's a midfielder that can get the ball and uh, and kick it sometimes and handball it at other times, hmm. um, which I guess is what you expect from a midfielder. <laughs> that sounds like a footballer. He can <laughs> kick it like sometimes. He can handball it another time. <laughs> Other times you get tackled and uh, don't have the chance to dispose of the ball. And, and sometimes but, you go uh, off happens. and have an orange and then come back on later. Yeah, bit of a <laughs> bit of a walk around the boundary and a bit of a drink. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, some masashi. Sometimes and, you check uh, that your shoelaces are properly tied. And... Yes, that's correct. Yep, absolutely. And uh, yeah, nothing more to add. Jurak <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Tucker is another one who uh, who I think will get drafted okay. in the main draft. Uh, he missed the whole year with an ACL injury. Um, okay. I had him as a first-round prospect at the start of the season. He didn't play a game this year. He's a 187-centimetre defender, very good defensively, reads a play well, um, excellent skills. He's someone that I think will definitely get called out um, on uh, on draft night. And um, another player of a similar ilk is Tom Joyce who's a 180-centimetre outside-inside midfielder. Again, he's someone that came into the year with with sort of first, second-round pick potential, only played the three games early on, didn't play after April due to a, an ongoing hip injury. But he can seriously play. He's a really good midfielder. And um, for me, that's one of the more interesting things of draft night is seeing where his name gets called out. If it calls out at all, if, it, if he does fall to the rookie draft, then I would absolutely be looking at him with our first pick. Okay, interesting. So there are two other names to look out for. And the last one is Tyron Smallwood, who's a 179-centimetre forward midfielder. He's got good skills. He plays a lot like Sam Gray. He can sort of push up the ground and push back, kicks goals. Uh, can play as a genuine midfielder as well. Um, he's looking like a late-round selection, possible rookie pick. Um, so he's he's another name to look out for too. Fair enough. Um We've had a question from JB on Spreaker Chat, which is yep. theory crafting, but we'll see how we go. Uh, if Rankin is available at five and the crowd and the crows are desperate for him, how would you guys feel about giving up five for eight and thirteen and give the crows Rankin? Uh, well, I suggested that on Big Footy a couple of weeks ago. I said that we should give up five and fifteen for eight, thirteen, and twenty-one, or something like that, and um, just. Yeah, let him let them have Rankin. 
because I think we'd be able to pick up um, some decent enough players as it is. Uh, would it happen not in your life? I don't think the club would ever look too at trading much, with the Crows. Too much potential blowback, really. Um, mm. Yeah, and honestly, I I don't know. Do you th- I, I, I still don't think Rankin will be available at five. Um, I still think the Crows will draft, will push up to three or four. Oh, that would be great. Um, mm. And look, if that means we end up with a king, I would, that's when I. That's the only scenario in which I say we should consider trading up is to get the get the second king. Um, okay. That's that's really it for me. Like any other situation, I just don't see any point in trading up further. Which one's the second king? Well, you tell me. Like you know, that's the, that's the question in itself. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not up to that yet, are we? So let's let's save mm. that for the the listeners to listen to in a future okay. podcast. It's it's all about risk yes. versus results, isn't it? With the two kings, isn't it? So yeah, mm. that's it. Uh, John's speaking of questions, we've got some questions or some mostly some statements, I guess. Okay. Uh, John's has said, "I have no question, only to say that I love O'Reilly." Okay. And, and fair enough. There's a lot to love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, look, Keyboard, he's slowing he locks. He is a Port Magpies sort of player. There's no doubt, and I don't mean like yeah. the current Port Magpies, but like you know the ones that won premierships. Um, I guess Daryl Polish, but with better kicking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably fair. Yeah, probably fair. Yeah. Uh, Stepping Tiger has asked, um, uh, or he's asked a question in regards to last week's South Australian podcast that we did. Okay. He said Porsche said that we should not trade our future first and other picks to get pick two to three. Yeah. As next year it could be a top four pick. We are giving up. Um, but if it meant securing Lukosius or Rankin, would it not be worth it? Can we see a top four to five pick from next year being of similar potential? Um, the good thing about having pick four or pick five is that you don't have to pick the player you're out. Mm. <laughs> like, that's the really nice thing about having pick four or five next year is you don't have to make the decision until next year. Um, but look, I mean, every draft, like how many drafts only go three deep? Not many. Yeah. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, yeah. So you will still get a good player. And I, I kind of, look, I will admit, I looked on Port Adelaide uh, board on Big Footy during this week. Oh, my God. There are so many people there that must lose so much money when they play poker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like just, just the absolute panic about, oh, my gosh, can we get Lutrezis if we give away literally everything in our firstborn child? Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> please, 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 no, don't listen to any of this. This is awful. Um yeah, uh, like we, we talk about, um, you know, Lukosius, how he could be, you know, he's a once-in-a-generation player. Yeah, sure. And so is Wayne Carey. But if you could get Lloyd and Lucas, you're not exactly badly off, are you? <laughs> and they're, they're, both, yeah. they're both a rung lower down, but that's sort of the region we're looking at right now. You know, that sort of, if we can get more players that are still of a very high standard, and you've still got to, we're not, you know, it's not the NBA. You've got to fill 22 spots in a side. You've got to fill 18 on-field spots. Um you can't trade it off for one player because one player will never be enough. No yeah. matter how good they are. And look, that's that's why I'm happy not to throw all our eggs in the one basket and trying yeah. to trade up. I'm I'm happy with five, ten, fifteen. Just leave one. it as it is. Mm. And that, that's the main point is that you're not just giving up a future first. You're giving up a future first plus you would have to throw in ten and or fifteen to get it done. Yeah. Um. And all that to get the one player, even if that one player does become a genuine superstar, um, it's still a lot to give up. It's still a lot to give up. Definitely, definitely. Mm. Yeah, hugely. Um, Snozaloo has said, uh, again, more of a statement, great work, Macker and Porsche. Appreciate the hard work you both put in to research players and share with us. And uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah. We both love the draft, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's great fun. Honestly, if we weren't doing this podcast, I'd be talking to my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be saying, yeah. "Oh, it's ridiculous!" I'd be shouting at the walls, or maybe I'd just go on a walk in the park and just shout at the sky. You know, it's just <laughs> you got to talk about it with someone. Um, I don't know people that follow footy for the most part. They're not, not the circles I move in. I'm very much the exception. So uh, yeah, no, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, he's also said, do you think Hill is a flight risk due to family ties in WA? And I think we've already answered that. Yeah. You think no. probably not. Well, you think everyone is. Yeah. I think uh, definitely Hill is. Like there's... Um, yeah. 
and also does Jared Schofield have any connections with the WA prospects? And uh, yes, he does. Well, he'd have yes, to, he does. wouldn't he? Like, as a, a twofold, he'd have them first ones as a Subiaco coach, and the second is the father of a of a junior prospect. Yep. He's got two yes. entry points, so yes, definitely. That's it. Uh, good old Four Fairlane has asked, does anyone refer to you as a Sandgroper fail the character test? I don't get that one. Does anyone refer to as a Sandgroper fail the character test? Is he having a crack at the uh, the term Sandgroper? Ah, uh, because of groping. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think that comes up. <laughs> Thanks, Ford. That's good. I like that. Um... And last one is from Sleazy, uh, which is a bit of a role play as uh, Port Adelaide list managers. Who are your bottom three players on our list as it currently stands? Mm. Cam Hewitt, Trent McKenzie, um, and I have to look for someone else, but I'm sure I could find them. Yeah. I'd probably say McKenzie, uh, Frampton, and probably one of the... To be realistic, probably one of the draftees from last year, like uh, Pat Moore or Garner, really. Um, Sam Gray? No, he's still... Uh, maybe Carl. Maybe Trengove. Trengove would have to be near that mark. Yeah. Like, I would still rather have any... I'd still rather have Pat Moore than Trengove, for sure, or, you know, any of the guys we drafted last year, just because, you know, they're still showing enough to still be on our list. Um, I guess yeah. I would make... Here's <laughs> one that'll be popular. I would make a very hard question over Matthew Broadbent's likelihood of returning. Yeah, well, he's probably down the bottom at the moment, considering he he's played next to no games in the last two years. So, yeah. like if we, uh, if, yeah, if there was some sort of AFL-wide list shortening thing, then he would be asked that hard question. Like if every club had to go down to like 35 players or something, then he, I think he would be very high on that list of, Are you really going to come back from this, Matt? Is it really going to happen? Yeah. Well, the the point of this question is, uh, look, he's got um, he's got the thirty five, thirty six, and thirty seventh players as Trengove, Amon, and McKenzie. His okay. question is, at what point in your rankings do you start balancing whether you would prefer uh, player number thirty seven um, over a two thousand eighteen draftee? And is there anyone left on our list that you would have just delisted in order to have another swing at the draft, even if it is at pick eighty six? Uh, for me, I think that what you do is you look at the bottom players on your list and you think, will any other AFL club pick them up as a listed free agent? That's what that's what you do. And if the answer yep. is, if, you, if you're comfortable that the answer is no, you delist them. And then if it's not a better player available, you redraft them. Yeah, like that, that, that's how you do it for me. Like you, you, yep. you say, okay, look, we don't see a lot of future for you. We're going to delist you. Have a... Talk to other clubs if you want, see if they're interested. Uh, and if they're not, then they just become a regular person that can either retire or go back into the draft pool. And if they're in the draft pool and they happen to be a better option than player 85 or whatever else, then you redraft them. And if they're not, which they're probably not, then they're not. Um, yep. That's how I would treat it. And I know that's probably a lot harsher than, certainly certainly harsher than Port Adelaide does, and it's probably about as harsh as any AFL club does it. Um, mm. But I think, I think it's the correct way to do it. Um, because there are, you know, how many players really get picked up as DFAs? Like this 15 article on AFL.com saying, here's 15 delisted free agents that haven't been picked up yet. You want a crack? And it's like, well... <laughs> well, no. <laughs> well, no. Because Not if they were really. good, they would have changed hands the same day like Jared Lyons did, you know? Like, that's pretty much yeah. how it is. So, yeah, um, yeah it, I, I think that we could be a lot more real about that stuff than we yeah. are. Yeah, look, where at what point in your range? Rankings, do you start balancing? Uh, look, I've been pretty bullish on this draft, as uh, as I mentioned mm. a few times over the last few weeks, and which is why I've been disappointed that we chose to throw all our eggs in the Frio basket and trade all our picks to them. Very um, I would have loved one or two more picks in that sort of, you know, I would have loved to have still had twenty three and thirty, or Ooh, yeah, or you know, even a pick in the forties would have been great because I, I think there's value to be had, and even just uh, going through some of the players that we've spoken about so far in the last three weeks. Um, uh, yeah, we might miss out on someone like Jordan Clark, but he might, 
maybe if he was there at 23, that, that would have been great. Jacob mm. Kaczynski is another one, you know, screaming out for some key defender depth. Um, he would have been there with one of those picks and uh, would have been some pretty good value. You know, Connor McFadden would have been worth putting a, a bid on. Someone like Fraser Turner, I think, would have been a, an interesting player to have uh, had at the club. You know, we've spoken about Valenti and, and Nietzsche as well, um, who would have fit in pretty well around that sort of, uh, you know, second-round mark, especially Valenti. Um, so, look, yeah, I, I am disappointed that... Um, and, look, as I said on Big Footy at the time, I don't think our list is in the position where we only need to have three picks in this year's draft. I think we needed to go with quantity and quality, um, but we've just chosen to go with quality instead. Yeah, and I mean, look, also, just if you want to better answer that question, just look at all the players in last year's rookie draft that went, you know. Um, what do we have here? We've got Bailey Banfield, he's played. Brody Mitek's played. Stefan Giro's played. Um, you know, there's there's guys available past the end of the draft that get games in their first year. And even yeah. just the, the players we took last year, like Jake Patmore, we took with a fairly late pick. And, you know, he's already at a level higher than Cam Hewitt is after four years. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's that's just how it is. Players can come on really quickly, even late in the draft. And, in fact, a lot of the players that you can pick up late in the draft... Um, some of the reason why they might be that far down is, for example, maybe they don't come from a private school uh, background. Maybe they come from a background where they have to have a part-time job at Woolies or Oldies or something like that. You know, like mm. when you're late in the draft, that's when you're much more likely to be able to say, hey, this guy is in the Robbie Gray category, not in terms of talent, but in terms of, hey, he actually has to do stuff other than play football and do well enough to pass to year 12. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's give them a crack and see how they go with full-time development. Like, I think I think that there's a huge huge potential for players to really come out of that background into full-time football and develop. But if you just keep a player like Cam Hewitt on yours for four years, you miss so many of these half-chance opportunities for guys that, yeah, you'll never be proven wrong because they had to go and get a job, right? Yeah. <laughs> you'll never be yeah. proven wrong. They had to go out and become a, a you know an electrician's apprentice or whatever else. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying that's a bad future for them, but I'm thinking that we could give a lot more people a shot at an AFL dream than we currently do. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably fair. Mm. I look, I think that's why some in the industry want to increase um, team lists as well. Yeah, and it's, it's certainly why we shouldn't increase draft age as well. Um, yeah, because any kid that's you know not in school, they're working, and if they're working, then any foot thing they do put into football is their second best. Yep. Mm. Well, that's it for this evening, and that's it for WA. Yeah. Thanks, WA. See you next year. Be better. Thank you. <laughs> so on Thursday, we'll be discussing uh, Vic Country. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, part one of them. Uh, we've got some interesting players to talk about we in do. that first that first podcast. Sam Walsh being the main one, I guess, who's uh, likely to be pick one. I think Dersma's the one that's going to be controversial. <laughs> Xavier Dersma. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep, I think so. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, until Thursday, can't appear. Can't, Ports. Boys, though, both threatening with every passing minute. Back to full forward, off hands. Brown needed to trap it, couldn't quite. Hassled out of it, Port Adelaide getting numbers. Win!